we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waters where we're recording from, the Waramai and Wanarua peoples. We acknowledge the Waramai and Wanarua elders, both past and present. on the field for the Newcastle Knights. Darren Tracy's first touch of the footy. Now Andrew John. Strikes a little hole himself. He's close. Right. He reaches out. That's a try to Andrew John. Bruce Street from the little halfback. And that's a good reward for a great game. It is debut match for the Newcastle Knights in first grade. Andrew John scores the try and that should wrap it up for the night. Coming to you live from Warramai and Wanderula Lairs, the Bay 53 podcast. We are part of the sport's best friends podcasting networks and still brought to you by Bretto and the K-Dog. Ladies and gentlemen, it is finals fever here in the home of rugby league uh, in Newcastle, specifically in Bay 53 of the McDonald Jones Stadium. That's right, Sunday afternoon, the big one. After 17 years of waiting, the Newcastle Knights are hosting a home final and we now know who our opponent is. We come up against a tough gritty and determined unit in the Ricky Stewart coached Canberra Raiders. There's lots to talk about. The anticipation is high. We're excited. We want to get straight into it. We've got lots of NRLW to talk about as well. Bretto, it's just a great time to be a Newcastle Knights, nay, rugby league fan uh, this week. Um, It really does feel like the game is just popping on every level. It's kind of Good, isn't it? You know, like obviously, Knights fever script town, but it's just not the Knights. You know, Broncos fans yeah. are up and about. You know, yeah. that that huge fan base. You know, Penrith are Penrith. You know, they're still the juggernaut they were. The Wars are you know are taking over New Zealand. It's just a great sort of setup for the finals for the NRL in general. Attendances have been up all year. Um, you know, the women's game is uh, just going from strength to strength. We've obviously got the blockbuster this weekend between the Knights and the um, and the Roosters. But I mean, you know, we're coming into finals uh, footy in the men's comp, and yet we've still got uh, nine games of uh, of rugby league this weekend. It's just uh, it's just a great time to sort of be enjoying the game. Yeah, absolutely. The women's attendance has been great, and I think the TV ratings for the women have been great. And the men will be all four games this week for the first time ever will be sold out, which is, you know, which is Mm. part to do with the fact that, you know, Accor and Allianz are being used. But it's also great to see the games being sold out, you know. I think we could have easily sold 50 or 60,000. I think Corral and Roosters would have got probably 40,000 at Allianz. So it's not just they're sold out. It's the fact that, you know, rugby league is just booming at the moment. Mate, the last time you and I recorded was not that long ago, and um, we did put out a little sort of preview pod going into the last weekend. There were a lot of things that were up in the air. Um, we, you know, we weren't sure how the ladies were going to respond going down to Canberra. We weren't sure how our boys were going to respond uh, playing with. Well, at the time they had seven outs. So they finished with eight of their be- of their normal starting first grade out, and I don't think that even factors in Jaden Braley. Um, here we sit recording, and and the the night's presentation night is going on, or the awards evening is going on in the background. And here we sit, Bretto. Can I put it to you? Is is this at this point in time the strongest the Newcastle Knights have ever been? The, the women have come out of Canberra with the Canberra's first home loss of the season, and I just want to put these five things to you. The Newcastle Knight 
night's men playing away from home against the St George Dragons with half of their starting lineup out have won, and, they, and I'll give you a sixth. They haven't even just won; they've won convincingly. This club is just the, the identity of this club has completely been overhauled in the last uh, two months because. That men's side, if they'd gotten a win, it would have been miraculous. But the way they went about doing it, it was just a phenomenal display. Yeah, that's that was the impressive thing for me on uh, Saturday night was nothing changed. You know, yeah, we weren't quite as crisp and quite as sharp because you wouldn't expect that because, you know, you got a lot of young guys, a lot of guys haven't played big minutes this year playing, so you wouldn't expect it to be as crisp and sharp. But the machine still rolled, you know. It wasn't quite mm. as well ordered as it normally is, but it was still really good. It was still far too good for St. George, who, you know, who were trying to finish off their season on a high. And St. George played pretty well, you know. They, they threw a lot at us. But our boys, I, I, um, I, I said to you, you lads on the night, you know, look, to me that was – probably the most enjoyable win of the streak because it was one I didn't expect. I thought we'd give a good account of ourselves, but to go down there with with half your team out and just dominate like that and kids that I've been watching in a couple of years going, well, these kids are nearly ready. Watch them actually play first grade. And go, no, they're not nearly ready. They are ready. You know, to me, the, I've never seen this club look, look stronger, no. We've talked about the idea that uh, Adam O'Brien came to the club with this reputation for success you know you, you don't make four grand finals by accident we're reliably informed but i think underneath that is something that sort of got lost in all of this good friend of the pod harvey g has spoken to us at length about this idea that if you really actually look at what it was that adam o'brien achieved particularly at melbourne what his best achievement was wasn't winning junior comps it was it was producing first grade ready players to go straight into that system on saturday night did we did we did we see a combination, or are we starting to see that that O'Brien that Adzi ball coming into the Newcastle Knights? Where you know, as you said, you sort of you look at Riley Jones, you look at uh, New Brown, um, Dylan Lucas is just going from strength to strength. These players now, Inari Tuwa looks like a new fl- player slotting into uh, the machine, as you were, where the um, the vehicle doesn't miss a beat. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and this is the Penrith model, isn't it? You know, where you've got twenty-five to thirty guys that can play at you know at such a high standard that the machine doesn't doesn't uh, stop, and that's what we've been trying to build, and we're so close to it right now because the game plan didn't change, the style of play didn't change, mm. nothing nothing changed other than as I said, you know, you're missing a bit of class, so you're not quite there, but you still grind out wins, you know, and and yeah, we beat the George thirty to twelve, but I think we you know with that side and the way they played, we would have beat pretty much all the teams that were in the sort of bottom seven or eight, you know, which is a great sign. Um, Leo Thompson was a late out just before kickoff. I don't know why, but at the time I thought, I was actually quite concerned that that was the straw that was going to break the camel's back in terms of what that team could produce. And yet, when you look at them, when you look at that side now, the Safidi boys, Bradman Best, you know, we've got two of the arguably best performing, not necessarily the best, but two of the best performing wingers in the comp at the moment. As we said, Dylan Lucas is still producing and Adam Elliott, all of a sudden Adam Elliott has become a key cog in this forward pack. So when you look at the, because t- if, if you compare it to the women's team, remember how we said there were those five core players there that, we've, that we can build a team around. Well, even without some of our best players out, and the, the, the ones that come to mind are Caelan Ponga, Dane Gagai, and Tyson Frizzell. 
this core of men's starting 17 is larger than we originally thought. So you can move more pieces around now. All of a sudden, this team is giving giving us a bit more flexibility that we've, and I tell you, I, I argue we've never seen before because you think about an injury to Andrew Johns or you think about an injury to Kurt Gidley or, you know, until this year, you think about losing Kalen Ponga. We haven't been able to, uh, we just haven't had depth like this in the men's game uh, in the history of this club. Yeah, you're right. We, 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 we used to, like back in the day, we had a really strong reserve grade side, but to me, they were a strong reserve grade side because they were good reserve grade players. A lot of those mm. guys weren't potential first graders, you know, but they were very, very good local league players that become Knights reserve graders. But we've, yeah. got a, we've got 25 or six guys that are genuine first graders in our squad now, which is definitely the first time that's ever happened in the club. And, you know, if we had to pull KP out for two or three weeks, <clears throat> I don't think any of us would be terrified. Um, you know, we've proved we won three in a row now without Jacko when we all, you know, we never would have really thought that would be likely. Um, the ability of, of those guys that just need a chance is really encouraging because they're not just coming in and, and sort of producing for one or two weeks. Adam Clune's been great for three weeks, you know. Dylan Lucas has been great every chance he's got this year. Those guys are producing chance after chance after chance, which is the big thing. Tyson Gamble is the perfect example, okay? So he's, the knock on him in Brisbane was he was great when he first started playing in first half for the Broncos for maybe a month, and then it tailed off, it tailed off, it tailed off until Ezra Mam took his job, and he never looked at it again. So that's what we were, I was worried about with Tyson Gamble. When, we when were the waiting KP, for that. Yeah, when yeah, the we KP were waiting for that to happen. You know, everyone, like, Tyson's going, great, KP will move, that'll be fine. I was like, okay, it's going to be fine for a month or what after that. But he's actually getting better. You know, mm. he broke the game open on Saturday night. Um, yeah, it's I don't I don't know what superlatives to use, but the amount of depth we've got in this club at the moment is fantastic. And and it's not and the things we're not getting great results in cup. You know, the cup went okay late in the year, but they ended up finish, finishing second bottom, I think. But we but the thing is those those cup players are playing the first grade style. They're not playing to win cup games. Um. It was, it was just an incredible start to the game on uh, on Saturday night. And you sort of – and I can tell you, even with that early start, like that early try to uh, Captain Jacob Sofidi, it's a funny one because you can tell the different impact this team is having on fans. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'm speaking on behalf of everyone was – you know, there's there have been instances in the past where we have filled a week and we fielded a weakened side, and you score an early try. And a lot of ways, that makes you more nervous about the rest of the game because you're sort of sitting there waiting for them to fuck it up. And yet, the way that they, you know, charged up the field, the way they broke the line, you know, factoring in the opposition, I wouldn't say it was a, the start that we expected, but it was a, a execution that we we're now actually starting to um, come to know and expect from this team, and. The way that they, the way that Jacob ran, you know, opened the scoring, they actually. What am I trying to say? It's sort of you, you sort of thought, all right, well, we we have we could go on with this. Do you know what I mean? Like it was it was such a it was such a um, strong opening to the to the game and factoring in everything that sort of came into it. This team now is just it it's created this different level of sort of anticipation in in the fans. Yeah, you're right. You know that. That first, and for me, it was the second try. I was like, we just busted them mm. open, and the game went mm. bang, bang, bang. That, that to me was like, well, this just rolls on. You know, that's where, um, you know, I was sort of at, at feeling at that time. But you're, but to me, it was, it was not just, 
um, the way the the rest of the team performed. It was to me, it was the guys that have a final thing about this week. You know, like the Safidi twins for me were outstanding. Throwing all mm. the loose balls, they were make, you know they were making the covering tackles. They were getting they were getting back you know to help out really early early in sets. Guys that you know because that was the the knock with those boys was that they were too hot and cold. Well, a week where they really had nothing to play for, the team had nothing to play for. You know, we rested everybody, so you know. Like, there's that mindset that can creep in that we're not taking this seriously. And those boys played out of their skin. Like it's, it's a complete 180 in two months. And I was only thinking today, I was thinking, Oh, how's how's the turnaround happen? But don't forget, remember how excited we all were for that screenshot of the chase against the Warriors of the intercept. Yes. So, so yes, that intercept, five, that intercept yes, down the five down players down in pursuit. Andrew Johnstein's side and we had mm. Tyson Frizzell, Dom all got back and, you know, made the tackle. And we all and the, the I remember the night socials were you know here hyping it up and we're all going oh this team's different and then we went off the boil and you know the KP sort of stuff rattles a bit and whatnot but that that was the early in the season that that and so mm. it's been there the whole season it's now just they've got the confidence to go with it. Um, it's funny what you say about that different mindset in that you know that confidence that goes with it. The Ben Hunt uh, try, and again, Ben Hunt showed that he's being wasted at the St. George Illawarra Dragons. I very rarely say this about another fan base, but, you know, even some of the the Saints fans that I sort of ran into on Saturday who were all generally good, they deserve better than what some of this team and that that organisation is dishing up. But I don't think Ben Hunt's one of them. I know there was this knock on him earlier this year where he's like, oh, he doesn't care, you know, he's, he probably wants out. He probably did. Um, but he showed that flash of genius there where you're like, yeah, he really was, a, he really is a generational talent. But again, that's another, again, that's another test that this Newcastle Knights team has passed because they responded. You know what I mean? They didn't get to 12 and they're like, yeah. oh, well, it's 12 6 now, now we're fucked. They're like, oh, we need to go back up and score, which they subsequently did. And, you know, we, we've probably overlooked it a lot over the past couple of months, and we certainly didn't talk about it as much last week. My God, watching the Newcastle Knights do the simple things well, repeatedly, it's so sexy, man. Like, it's ju- it's just it's just so satisfying to watch them put in 80-minute performances. Like, what have you and I been begging for over the years? You know, can you just complete your sets? Can you just, you know, not drop off for a minute here or, or five minutes there? Can you be competitive throughout the set? And they're doing that. Like these, these are the things that they're doing that you can just watch this team and go, well, this is as good as we thought. As this is what we expected it would be because watching this play team play now is satisfying and fun, and I want to see more of it. Yeah, you're right. And and to me, the worry in the role was, are we just downhill skiers? You know, things are Mm. going our way on this role. You know, but to me, the two things that changed my mindset on that was the Damien Cook try straight after halftime against South. Yeah. And the old Knights would have fallen into a heap. You know, you've had this great first half. South come out and go bang, score, and start to put the pressure on. Like, South really lifted after that. And but the Knights responded and, you know, and and run away with the game. Last week against Cronulla, Cronulla whacked us in the mouth the entire first half. We, you know, we just held it, held it together, held it together, and then responded in the second half. You're right, the Ben Hunt try, you know, which as great as the skill was, it was a soft try. It was a bad mistake by Lockie. He got caught in the line, then he slipped. Um, it, it was a soft try to let up, and nothing changed. The gameplay didn't change, the mentality didn't change. We go up the other end and score. It's that ability of this club that we've never seen. Even in the house in days, 
there was a weak mentality in the club. Like Joey, Joey was Joey, you know. He he was he was the most strong-minded person to ever play the game. But the rest of the team was still weak. So when Joey mm. was in there, the weakness came out. Mm. That doesn't exist in this club at the moment. Um, sixteen to well, I think it was sixteen to six at half time. Um, you sort of felt like, and that's the way this team is playing at the, at the moment. You sort of felt like they would go on with it in the second half. Not only did they go on with it in the second half, but they went on with it in, my God, just incredibly spectacular fashion. Before we talk about the things that do, that, you know, are, are the more obvious uh, parts of that game, um, you and I were sort of chatting with a good friend of the pod, Harry Ramage. Despite him only playing a handful of games, four or five this year, is this the best season Anari Tuala has had for the Newcastle Knights? Because I, I, I actually thought he had possibly one of his best games for the club against the Dragons on Saturday night. He looks fit. He looks comfortable. You know, you and I did that stat towards the end of last year where we just showed the different combinations that that poor kid has had to endure on one of the edges um, in, you know, switching between centre and wing and never knowing who's going to be around him. Um, and I thought he had he just had a great all-round game, you know, and he, he got a, a well-earned try for um, some of the service that he's done for our club over the last few years. Yeah, you know, he's been a leading try scorer in the club and he scored, you know, uh, multiple tries in, in a final and that. But to me, this is the first time I've had confidence that he's a genuine first grader. Mm. You know, he's not a bit player. He's a genuine – because he's got bigger, he's got stronger. The United mm. Tuala, we worry about the fact, you know, he's very he's a bit weak on his kick returns. You know, he, he'd get um, manhandled a bit and he'd get bullied a bit. But um, he came up against Moses Suli, he was absolutely bullied us. Moses, every time, whether Suli was at Manly or at St. George, every time we played Moses Suli, he was a guaranteed try and he would just bully us. And mm. Anari went toe to toe with him and did not give him an inch and several times whacked him and made him lose the ball. Um, now, I've changed now. I, I thought oh, we, desperately need, we desperately need another outside back um, ready to go for first game. I'm. I don't think we do. I think we. I think Anari can do that job until one of the younger guys, you know, really stamp themselves. I um, yeah, I was really impressed with Anari. Uh, it was a very impressive second half, as I say. It said uh, shout out to New Brown as well. You know, it's sort of overlooked in all of this. Uh, this is a kid who debuted for the club against the Dragons. He came in for a. Uh, injured um, Kurt Mann. He's got a starting role now. And this is a kid who's just, he's been so close to sort of being there or thereabouts. He's come in, he started. I thought he had a great game. I know this is going to be drawing a really long bow. And I, I don't know, you know, let me know if you think I'm out of line here. But in a lot of ways, I thought New Brown gave us against the Dragons what we always thought we were going to get from Danny Levi in a lot of ways. Um, scored a well-earned try. And um, yeah, I, I'm sort of, I know he's only played one and a bit, you know, like two clubs, two games for the club. He came here on a short, short-term deal, but um, wherever New Brown lands last year, I, I do wonder if the club has a place for him. But I, I hope wherever he lands, it, it goes well for him. I'd love to keep him, but we can't. We, we, you know, we just can't fit another small, you know, middle hooker, lock top utility. You know, we, we've got. Phoenix, we've got Browse to play hooker, we've got Riley Jones. Mm. I just I just don't mm. think we I just don't think, I think putting him in the thirty on balance is a thirty. But he, yeah, he's he's a first grader. Like, you know, he's got he's got his weaknesses. But he's a he's a genuine, you know, first grade squad player. It'd be lovely lovely to keep him. Cause he's as I've said previously, like he's the sort of guy that scares you because he's so quick out of dummy half. Mm. So he re, you know, he really sort of terrifies you when he when he gets out of dummy half. 
But yeah, it's a shame that we won't be able to keep him. But he'll he'll get a gig somewhere because yeah, he's a first grader. Hey mate, um, as the season's gone on, and um, uh, there's, there's two other things I want to talk about from the game. As the season's gone on, I will admit it, it's gotten harder with each passing game to accept the fact that um, you know. As of this weekend, uh, every game could be Dominic Young's last for the Newcastle Knights. But I tell you what, he's going out with a bang. And when you think about earlier this year when, you know, ourselves included, we just wanted him gone, credit to him. He has just produced, you know, not only the goods, but the most spectacular goods you can possibly uh, uh, manufacture. Um, did he score the most amazing? Is that the most amazing try that you've ever seen? The one that he scored on to break the uh, the single season club try scoring record for the Newcastle Knights? Yeah, I, I think it probably is the only one to me that competes in terms of like blowing your mind. Was remember the David Mead one at Shark Park when he yes. kick was, and it landed on his toes and he picked it up off the, that one because the skill involved yeah. in that is just off the charts. But they're the two to me. They're the two most just blow your mind tries I've ever seen. And the ability to be literally upside down, flying through the air and know where the line is and control the ball. For for a guy that mm. we always criticise his hands, mm. you know, and he just, it, it still blows my mind that he managed to keep fingers on that ball. And as I said, just the awareness to know where where the, where the ground is, like, you know, where the line is. Um, amazing, like just amazing. And it, it, speak, it shows how high he's raised the bar because his second try has been completely ignored, and yet on any given in, in any other game, that's probably try of the of the round, potentially try of the season contender. Like he's sort of that's that's what Dom Young is producing now, and uh, yeah, we really are sending the complete winger package to the Roosters. I hope they look after him. Um, you know, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, I think he'll probably um, have a long and storied career, unfortunately, for the Roosters. I'm, I've probably toned down my my original hot take on where I think he'll land. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's been so good to see that he's um, he hasn't dropped his bundle. He hasn't just been, uh, you know, cashing in his paycheck here while he waits to go off to the Roosters. He really has stepped up. And, um, you know, I really hope that we can just continue to send him out on the highest possible note. I just hope the Roosters don't try to contain him. You know, I hope the Roosters, you know, the stuff yeah. that he does, the stuff that he does that drives us mental, you know, where he takes on guys on the outside and you think he's got no chance and he just burns them. I can see the Roosters not wanting to do that because they don't, they don't, the Roosters don't play high-risk football. I just mm. hope that they don't take that out of him. I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. 32-12 in the end. Great result. Um, sort of... Uh, I'll tell you something else I'm really enjoying about this year as well, and I was a bit worried, you know, particularly with um, the the debutants that we had to blood against the Dolphins. One thing that's really bothered me about the Knights over the past few years is that, you know, because we've we've struggled for player depth and um, we really have struggled with injuries, we've had to throw in players when they're not ready. It's been really disappointing the number of debuts we've had to give to first graders that are generally a loss. And so it was actually something. It's something really nice to enjoy over the past couple of weeks. Is New Brown, uh, New Brown, and um, 
uh, Riley Jones being able to not only de- earn their debut for the club, so they've earned it. They haven't just been like, well, fuck, you need to be ready because we need you to play. They've earned that debut. And then to come off the field uh, with a win as well, um, you know, Riley looks up to the task. And, you know, the, so- the content that they've produced in terms of, you know, what his debut meant to him, that first first-grade jersey, and then you hear the story behind it about the personal battle that he sort of uh, uh, went through himself to take the field. Ah, um, oh, it's it's just another sort of feel-good positive story that's um, making you enjoy everything about the Newcastle Knights at the moment. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and that's and you're right. That's the great thing. The guys that have got their debuts this year. Now I know the Dolphins. A few guys got handed the jersey because we had no numbers. But, we, you know, guys are earning that jersey. You know, they're earning that debut. You know, they're earning guys like uh, Oren Keeley. You know, they're earning their second, third, fourth game. Bill Lucas, the mm. same, you know. It's it's that earning the jersey through the through the cup team that good teams are built. And you just you just can't hand jerseys out willy-nilly. It does not work. It, all it does is create a, a, a really lax attitude throughout the club. The jerseys get handed out. And, um, yeah, and even that O'Brien this year, you know, he hasn't been scared to drop guys either, which is, you know, which is very mm. not like the Knights. Normally, you know, if you're a first grader of the Knights, you're on the team, irrespective of how you play, you're in the team. But we, we don't forget, you know, like it was what round three that you dropped Dom, round two, mm. Mm. You, dro- you dropped Dom, and we were all okay with it, you know. And, and Greg Marju didn't get his, his first couple of games because he, the coach didn't think he'd earn it in the trials. Um, no, the, it's not. It's not just handing jerseys out, you know. Like even guys that have been dropped like Heather, you know, the coach hasn't been happy with him, so he hasn't been playing minutes. The coach, he's, he's been much improved for the last month or so, so he got his big minutes on the weekend, you know, as a reward for how well he's played. That's the attitude that this club's developed, which has never had, never, ever. Mm. Um, and that's the really exciting thing about it, the, the fact that those guys know that if they don't flog themselves for the whole off-season, they're not getting a jersey next year. It hit different locking up fifth. I know Adam O'Brien had said the week before, look, we're going to host a final either way. We're just resting blokes and we see where the cards fall. But I know we sort of say at the end of the day, the ladder, you know, the ladder is irrelevant come week one of the finals. But there's something that just feels good about, like, I don't know why I've been looking at that ladder repeatedly over the last um, few days since Saturday night going fifth. Like, fuck, man, we finished fifth. And you think about those two or three close, close, close losses that we'd been stewing overall. And, okay, maybe they cost us a top four spot. But to think that they didn't cost us so badly where we're looking at, well, we just scraped into eighth instead of – we finished fifth. We finished with the third best points differential. We finished with the fourth best um, attack and defence. Remember, this is a team last year where everyone said, you got the second worst attack in the comp. You are dog shit. Um, this there was just something so satisfying to leave Cogra over with that fifth place locked up and then being able to enjoy the Sharks Raiders game to go, well, which, you know, who's trying to avoid, um, you know, facing the Knights in week one of the finals. So I feel like there was a lot of sort of psychological, um, there, there was, a, there was a big psychological step to come out of Saturday night, not just for the young players and not just for the season, but for going into week one finals. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, people of our age, you know, like you sort of think of finals, you think top five, you know, like sort of top yeah. five still, you know, like when you, you know, you, that, that top 
to me, it's always the top five, the best, you know, the, I know it's top four and what in top four is where you want to be. But to me, you know, that sort of, yeah, that top sort of five, it still rings better than, you know, scraping in seventh, eighth, like we have in the last couple of years. Mm. Um, but no, and I think fifth, you're right. Fifth is the right place for us in terms of, yeah, we were third in differential, fourth in attack, uh, fourth in defense, you know, we were right around that top four, you know, to finish sixth or seventh wouldn't have been a reflection of, of how we've been this year. Um, but the the great thing about the fifth place finish is that it kind of means that you're not just scraping into the eight. So, so if you finish seventh and eighth, the next year, you know, you're the hunted, you know, all the teams that finish ninth, 10th, 11th, they go, well, they're the teams we've got to knock off, and they're the teams we've got to push out yeah. of the eight. Whereas you're now yeah. in that next bracket of, you know, you're pretty you're pretty well nestled in there. Um, 14 wins for the season, which is, you know, which is more than I ever dreamt we could win this year. You know, I thought even when we scraped in the finals, it would be with 12 or 13 at the very most. But yeah, to, get we- four, to get 14 in a draw was, you know, was fantastic. Um and you know we had a, I think I saw today we had a five or six record against the top eight, which is great. You know, and when you throw in mm. the you know, the Panthers Golden Point, the Brisbane Flick Pass, you know, like we're we're right there with those good sides when it matters. So Nate, this, we we have to win this week. If we lose this week, it's a disaster. But in the cold light of day, two months time, we got to sit down and go. That was a really successful season that exceeded expectations. Mate, we're going to get to the final. Obviously, we're going to talk a lot about next weekend. Hey, um, before we do though, um, the Knights have already beaten the uh, the Raiders uh, in the last few days. Um, it, look, it wasn't looking too good in the first half down at G- at uh, Geo Stadium uh, last Saturday when the NRLW team went down to Canberra. Um, I know you won't believe me. I know. I know this this year. You think I'm just talking out for my anus when I say, "Oh, I was never worried," but I do actually. At, at come half time at uh, at ten uh, nil down, I genuinely wasn't worried because I thought, "Well, this team only has one good half in them, and we know that they've gotten their bad half out of the way." So as soon as we struck early in the second half, I kind of thought, "Yeah, look, we'll, we'll we'll carry on with this." Um, because they, they just felt like it just felt like the Raiders hadn't done enough in that first half. And I felt like we have this team still gives that vibe that there's too much class not to produce something at some stage. Now, obviously, against the Broncos, we weren't sure whether that was going to be enough. Obviously, against the Sharks, we weren't we weren't sure if that was going to hold on for long enough. But I always had that confidence that I felt like the Raiders had shot their shot. And, you know, Tamika was going to step up. Jesse's getting back into that red-hot form again. And I thought Sheridan Gallagher did really well to make up for her fuck-ups that conceded two tries. So I thought there's enough there that we've seen from this team this season and in that half to go, right, you tighten up there, you perform at where we know here, and we should get the two points. And that's ultimately what happened. Yeah, and Canberra, I was the same with you. I, I thought I was a confident half-time. Again, Canberra are a fast-starting team. The um, they led the Broncos eight 0 last week and got beat twenty yeah. to eight. The even yeah. the Roosters, where they beat the Roosters down in Canberra, they led eighteen nil with fifteen to go and nearly got nearly got rolled over. You know, Canberra are the the women are just like their men; they're the faders in all in all aspects. <laughs> um, so I was confident ten nil and how much ball they had. I was I was I was confident. You know, we, as long as we didn't shoot ourselves in the foot in the second half, we would roll over the top of them. And in the end, I think the score flattered them. I th- Canberra. I think you know. I think we were exceedingly better than them in the second half. Um, but no, the, 
and and there's no, and you're right, we haven't swung two halves together. But to me, it wasn't a this week wasn't a bad half and a good half. It was a it was an okay half where we just held on mm. to hit the score close, and then a good half. Mm. So, so you know, to me, it's in going into the Roosters game this week. This is it's encouraging because the Roosters this week we have to be good and good or get no chance. So you know, as I said, the first half wasn't bad on the weekend. It just wasn't anywhere near our best, but it was good enough to keep us in the game. Which, at the way that we've been going this year, is is not too bad. Um. Jesse's, I mean, Jesse's just really starting to come into her own. Is, is Jesse taking charge of that team yet, or is it still Hannah's and Tamika's, and Jesse's just slowly working her way back up to their level, getting ready to take it on? Because, you know, her goal kicking is great. I, she wasn't, her, her kick choices probably weren't the best in the first half. I don't know if she's. Um, oh, still kicking know. on the, why are we kicking on the fourth tackle in a, in a tackle? Yeah, I don't know. We're, we're 20 metres out on the fourth tackle and kicking. Why are we, but anyway. Um, but she, you know, she really did step up in that second half. Great cutout pass to, for the for the Gallagher try. Um, you know, she did a step and um, step and break for a try on her own. Um, is she getting ready for that? Is she starting to taper her run in uh, in readiness for uh, the semis and a, and a potential grand final? Yeah, she's definitely back close. She's probably, she's probably back to maybe eighty percent of what we saw last year. The hot take alert. So to me, the concern is, but because Jesse was struggling on the year, Tamika went from being a ball runner to a ball player and running the team. And mm-hmm. I don't think that Tamika's there. As, I don't think it's clicked back into the point where Tamika's gone. Well, Jesse's fine now. I can go back to being myself and running the football more. She's mm-hmm. still trying to do a bit too much in terms of running the team um, and being a ball player, which is, which you know, no problems with being a ball player. Good fullbacks are. But I want to see her running off Jesse's hip. You know, I want to. I want to see her running off Yasmin Clydesdale. You know, I want to see that sort of stuff. Um, and I just don't think that Tamika, as I said, it's clicked yet that Jesse's back and she can go back to her normal role. Are we worried about Tamika? No, because... no, no. So, so the, great, the great thing to me is the fact that we've lost one game this year and Tamika's been nowhere near where she can be. Tamika's playing like someone who I don't think she's confused about her role because she obviously knows how to play the game, but she plays to me. She's playing this season to me, like someone who's just keeping it at 60% until, you know, there are those two or three moments where she knows she, she can't, she just, this is when I'll just step up and, and, and make the difference. It just feels like she's a player that's playing, just holding herself back. And I don't know what the reason is. You know, maybe she's saving herself for the big games as well. Maybe she's keeping her powder dry. Maybe, you know, maybe she's carrying an injury. Um, so it's all speculation, but I just feel like we haven't seen, um, every, you know, the best of Tamika this season. And as you've said, we're still winning. So that's actually quite a positive thing because, you know, what we, if you look at what Ron did with this team, this team last season, now, now is when we started to start firing. We, we you know, we subsequently won every, the rest of our games by 20 plus points each week. So, um, I, my expectations going into the Roosters game this weekend are weird. I want to see performance over um, output because I can I can suffer a loss as long as you can see that the competi- the you know that competitive nature is there and that performance is there that you know they'll do a job against the Tigers in round in the last round and lock up that um, that top two spot. Yeah, so with our four against, we probably need to win one of the last two and yeah, obviously not get pumped in the other one mm. to get that top two spot. But yeah, you're right. The, the 
the performance is more important than the result this week. But to me, we still need to dent the Roosters' confidence a bit. They're rolling, yeah, okay. so, they're, they're rolling so well, the Roosters, that I think, you know, we need to rattle their cages a little bit. And whether that's win or not, it's, you know, it, it's being in their face. It's giving, you know, giving them everything we've got and really show them that, you know, they're not the standout team that everyone seems to think they're over the line for the Premiership. Um, no, I don't... I, my worry, for, my worry for this week is the fact that um, 20 minutes of bad football this week will get blown away. Yeah. We can't have a 20-minute lapse this week. We will, we will get blown off the park. Um, yeah, so, but I mean, I'm, it's, it's a really intriguing game of football because it's it's your team that, your defending premiers are massive underdogs. Yes. You know, despite yep. losing one game this season, despite losing two games in two seasons, you know, um, it's it's a really intriguing game of football. I'm I'm really interested to see how how our girls handle that. So it's funny what you say about. Mm, there's actually no. I can't see the betting line on the uh, on the Knights Roosters this weekend. No, well the Roosters it, are dollar seventy for the Premiership, but which is you know ridiculous. Yeah, we're out at four fifty. Yeah, it would it would um, it wouldn't surprise me if. It's a really. I, I think it'll be a rubbish game this weekend because I, I think both of them know oh, that do they you? don't want to. Sh- I don't. Oh, I think see, I don't, forty to thirty. No, nah, see, I, I don't think they want to. Sh- I don't think either of them want to show to their hand too much this oh, weekend. No, no, I, I, I completely disagree. I think I think the Roosters are like after last year's choke. This year they've been. We're going to blow everyone off the park. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Well, one thing in any event, whether it's whether it's a low key affair or whether it is comes out expo- I think Hannah Southwell's going to. I think it'll be a best performance for the Newcastle Knights this weekend. I think I think she'll just be saying to Uncle Ron, look, I get I get it that you're you're saving me and I get that you're keeping me in, you know, you're looking after me for better things. I'm coming back for it. But this is my old club. I'm playing with my new club now. I've got a point to prove. I just think Hannah's gonna go out and absolutely obliterate anybody who gets in her way this weekend. That's that's the one thing I do know. I'm really looking forward to um Caitlin and Millie too. I guess they'll be so, real physical. So what what's going on with Caitlin? Another cutout pass for an amazing a trying a try assist against the Raiders. She's starting to develop a bit of a reputation. I'm I'm not sure where this sits with me because I'm all about big girl season. You know, just smashing whoever comes in up uh, in her face and gets in her way. Um, but she's developing this ball playing aspect. She's a black um, fella, mate. That's, we're, we're born with it. <laughs> we're born with it. It's 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 just yeah. We, you can't you can't stop what are you us. Expecting? What are you expecting from Millie and uh, CJ this weekend? Oh, I, I just think I just think they're, they're going to go at each other. I think it's going to be really physical, and they're going to go at each other really hard. Um, I, don't, I understand the Ron experiment of put Millie, uh, putting Caitlin on the edge, but no, Caitlin is a middle. Let's leave her in the middle and let's let her run like the bull she is. And I, yeah, those those two girls are going to go at each other. It's going to be really exciting, and I can I can definitely see Caitlin end up in in the bin. You don't think Taylor uh, Predabon will have a little bit to say about that? Because she, let's I not just forget, she... Has, I just don't think Taylor has that aggressive streak in her. Well, she was the, but she was the one that annihilated Millie in that yes, um, that Harvey Norman Premier she, she, she did, but I just think that Caitlin's just, she's got that, you know, that aggressive streak in her, you know, and Millie, Millie's Millie. Millie, you watch any time Millie plays, she picks out the opportunity form that she needs to beat, and she runs at them all day. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, in, in the grand final last year, she kept running at Samoa Taufa for the for Parramatta. 
Um, she, that's Millie. Millie loves that challenge. And Caitlin's certainly not going to take a backward step on it. CJ's a funny one, isn't she? Because she's off the field. She's sort of got that um, light-hearted demeanor about her, where you just think you're like, oh, you're you're a, you're a bit of a puppy dog. You're sort of, um, but when yeah, when she gets on the field, it's like it's it's one of the most classic cases of white line fever you've ever seen in a player, where you another you, you're scared of her. Another black <laughs> It's the knockout. It's the knockout. Both can be standing there laughing, giggling with each other on the, at the knockout, and two seconds on across the, across that white line, and they're trying to take each other's heads off. It's just yeah, it's just I don't know. We crazy. Just um, just having a quick look at the table because as you, look as you said, I mean we, we you know we're the top two. We've got the two best points differentials in the comp. Although you know Broncos are coming up, they're actually not that far behind anymore. I am starting to worry about. I am starting to worry about the Broncos. You know, they've got a class side, so a lot of good players. And yep. the, and the, and it was pointed out to me by the great Harvey G. You know that Scott Prince can't coach, but I think he's starting to. I don't know whether it's him getting his act together or he's getting more help. But they seem to be really timing their run. The Broncos they've got too many good players to not worry about them. Well, that uh, you know that's why that top two spot really does sort of um, because you don't want to be travelling. Yeah, up I'd, to, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd hate I'd hate to be going to the Gold Coast. Sort of, well, yeah. the Gold Coast I think would be okay, but I'd, I'd hate to be going to Brisbane. But I think we'll, I don't think Brisbane can get top two. Gold Coast are the worry. Um, yeah, do you think I, the top four is is set? That you, yeah, I do. I mean, I two do. rounds I, to go. I think I think the finals will be Roosters will host Brisbane, and then it will be either out of us and the Gold Coast to host the other one. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't think so? You don't think the Broncos can slip up to that third position? No, nah, the Gold Coast are too soft to draw the last few weeks. They got Parramatta. Yeah, so that, someone. Yeah. yeah, so that's what I was. Just, yeah, okay. No, you're right, and they yeah. should be two relatively easy wins yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the Titans. Yeah. Um, look, it promises to be a great game out at um, or double. You've got the double header out at McDonald Jones Stadium uh, on Saturday. Yeah, get out there um, and cheer for the West Tigers to knock off the Broncos, guys. That'll be handy. Yeah, no, very handy indeed, mate. It is a huge weekend of rugby league that is uh, coming up um, this weekend. It's a shame that with the way the finals. Uh, was ultimately um, set for the men's game that we couldn't get the triple header that we so desired on Saturday, but such is life. Can I can I ask you very quickly? I mean, we don't want to get too bitter or tinfoil hat about it, but I mean, this felt like the first time in forever that the fifth eighth game was on the Sunday. Usually, that's on the Saturday afternoon. It, I, I get that they needed to move the Warriors game to cater for that. Um, that the the rate the the. the to cater for the New Zealand audience. Um, but it just feels like a missed opportunity to somehow, you know, keep that night's game on the Saturday and sort of find some way to have all three games on one day. They're just always going to want to have the Sydney teams on the Saturday night. Two Sydney teams playing on the Saturday night. It was always going to be the case as opposed to two regional teams. It was just, yeah, you know, right. It was just, yeah, 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 yeah. You are listening to the Bay 53 podcast. Sunday afternoon, so th- for three weekends in a row, the Newcastle Knights game on a Sunday afternoon has been the hottest ticket, not just in town, but in all of rugby league. Um, if you uh, haven't got your ticket for this Sunday, unfortunately, it's not looking very good for you because uh, once again, the Knights game is a sellout. 
um, finals tickets were snapped up by members like there was like there was no tomorrow, and uh, there barely was a tomorrow where only four thousand tickets went to the general public, and they were gone within nanoseconds. Um, we got our tickets, Brado. We're not uh, not all of us managed to land in Bay Fifty Three. But it promises to be just another epic occasion on Sunday afternoon. Packed house, finals footy, um, nights in red hot form. Um, you, you just don't want to miss it. Whether you're at the great game, whether you're watching it on TV, Sunday and all weekend is just rugby league you do not want to miss. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. Um, it is. It's it, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Canberra are a pretty well-supported team outside of Canberra, but I don't think their fans are particularly keen to come because they, they, they're worried they're going to get lapped, which, let's face it, they're going to get lapped. Um, so it's going to be a you know, 95% Knights crowd, and it'll yeah. be over 30,000 this time because those empty seats that get left up in the corners of that for NRL people that don't normally get sold or have all been sold. So, um, yep. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be over thirty thousand this week, which is the, the new capacity. I think uh, that the Kisawas police are allowing into that ground now. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's it's and it's one of those things where like yeah, Saturday night's fun, but I think Sunday afternoon footy in Newcastle is right. Yes, I know it's just it just seems to be our thing. The Sunday afternoon footy is just how how it is here. The teams were so the teams were announced earlier today, and just quietly. So we're sort of watching the awards, uh, the Knights Awards night in the background. Um, Leo Thompson got uh, Knight Shining Armor Moment of the Year for his uh, try saver against Manly in round five. Oh yeah, that's the, uh, was that on Croker? I honestly can't remember. Uh, it was a, think, so yeah. much has happened this year, Brad. I, I, I honestly can't remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. The teams were announced today. Um, the Knights have named, uh, you know, it, to no surprise, they brought eight new players in. So a lot of changes from the team that uh, that beat the um, the Dragons over the weekend. Kalen's been named. Jacko Hastings has been named. By all reports, they were training well with ball in hand. Um, they didn't look like they were inhibited in any way. You've actually been worried about Jackson Hastings for the past couple of weeks, noticing a distinct limp uh, around the players' bench uh, for the for the South and the Sharks game. Uh, look, aside from Jaden Braley, we've named our strongest seventeen uh, for this Sunday, and that is a wonderful, wonderful, just wonderful position to be in. Because even when you think about our last two finals under O'Brien, he's had to patch, you know, that team together in some instances with a sort of makeshift bench uh, at times. Um, and, um, yeah, no such concerns this time. With that, that is a strong Newcastle Knights starting 17. And rested bodies, you know, Jack has had three weeks off. Kurt Mann's had a couple to rest that sternum. Fitz has had a couple of weeks off to... Rest an old tired body. Frizz got his first week off. You know, Frizz never takes time off. If he had a week off, he'll feel like a new man. Um, obviously, KP got the week off. Yeah, rested boys. And Canberra, the opposite. You know, Canberra battered and bruised. They've got Seb Chris got suspended for that um, horrific tackle. They got. Uh, so just can we, and just quickly on that, the NRL believes that the Seb Chris tackle was of equal danger as to what uh, Jacob Sofidi did uh, in round two against the Titans. They're both uh, the Tigers. They both got five weeks. Seb Chris should have got 12 weeks. It, it, oh, I can't, I can't believe the NRL gave him five weeks for that. It was, it's ridiculous. But, yeah, so so he's out. Uh, Big Papa's out. Uh, the horse is also suspended. 
Yep. Yeah, there's no excuses. Like, and, but there's always the thing, you know, beware of the wounded NRL team. You know, there's how many times in history do you see the team that, you know, they're battered and bruised, but the coach gets them up for one big performance. So mm. that's so that's the concern. But it, on the other side of that is, you know, did they did they give that last week against Cronulla in the first half? Because they were really good in that first half against the Sharks. But um, no, if we, if we get beat this week, it's, it's a disaster because we should be, you know, we should not only be winning, we should be winning well. Hundred percent agree. Uh, you look at the. I mean, you even look at the the side that the Raiders have uh, have named. Um, it's not. It's definitely not their strongest. Uh, James Schiller's coming in on the wing for um, for Seb Chris. Um, Ricky, you look Ricky's at the, done it again. Why the hell did you keep playing Jordan Rapala for that? I don't know. Um, just, I, I, I don't understand. Like the guy. Yeah, he's he's hundred percent effort. But he hurts their team. It's panels, it's sin bins, it's struck balls, it's throwing. Like, it, I will never understand why you, you, the most important position on the field in the modern game is feedback and you put you, you put a lunatic there. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, Ricky. So who should he be picking there? I would put out a buddy there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you look at... The... Can I just can I just go on the thing? So Albert Hoppawadi is not in there. So they've, you know, they've got injuries and he's still not making their team. Um, mm. I think we should be giving him a call, so we can you know, for one oh, reason, yeah. for one reason and one reason alone to recreate the sixteen origin. But I mean, jokes aside, like that aside, for me, Greg Marju should be the pinup boy to Newcastle Knights fans as to if we bring in another outside back next year, just have faith. Just, just give it a chance. Even yeah. if we have to give it a season like we gave Dom Young, have faith. This coaching staff have got the runs on the board to say when it comes to outside backs we produce. You look at Dan Gago last year. We thought he was washed. And what this coaching staff have shown is that ability to, at some point in time for, time for a consistent period, we will get the best out of our outside back players. So I think Albert Ahopawadi would be a perfect addition oh, to this he, team. He's, he's he's still untapped untapped talent. Yeah, like he's, he's, yeah. Like he was. Let's not forget in that in that junior in those junior teams. Like him and Bradman were the stars, and he was probably the biggest star because he was a ball player as well as a runner. And you know he he sort of career went a bit downhill. He um he did his Mormon mission and whatnot, and he sort of hasn't got back there, but. He's still really young, you know. He's still Bradman's age. He's still twenty-one, twenty-two. You know, I just, yeah, I'd, I'd be absolutely giving him a call. I just think this weekend, though, you know, with with the teams that just on the teams that have been named, I, I think if nothing else, I think our starting lineup more than matches up to the team that uh, the Raiders have named. I, th- I think they've got some good forwards in there, obviously Tapine, Young, and uh, Whitehead. But you just have to go straight to the bench. So you've got man Daniel Sofidi, who's in career best form, Hetherington and Croker, and they're going to they they need to combat uh, Tom Starling, who at his peak is a game breaker. Um, but then Emre Gula, uh, Trey Mooney, and look, you know, I don't mean to drag a former Knights player, but at the end of the day, we've cut Pasami Solo for a reason. I think he's justified us cutting him that reason for the way he's performed this season. And yeah, when when he comes on, we'd be mad not to be um, absolutely uh, targeting every weakness that unfortunately he showed when he played for us. And yeah, I, ju- I just think you know if we're going to play against this Raiders team like we did against the Sharks, let's get that twenty to twenty five out of the way. Let's get their bench players on, and then let's really stick it to them. 
Yeah, that's got to be the goal. It's, you know, when tap ends on the field, um, you know, when they contain, the just contain. You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, we 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 should roll through their forwards. We really should. There's no excuses if we don't. Um, the halves are Matt Frawley and Jamal Fogarty. Who you know, they don't offer much. If you if you if you don't defend poorly, they won't score. Um, mm. Yeah, no, we 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 beat ourselves. The way we lose this week is we beat ourselves. And I just don't think this team does that because they've had so many opportunities to do that to date over the last ten months. Over this season, let's be honest, this season they had the one. They've had so many opportunities to do it, and they did it once against the Eels. And the coaching staff said to them, "Not again. <laughs> that doesn't happen again this season." And it it, it hasn't. So um, I don't think this team beats themselves. But you know, at the end of the day, the Raiders are one of the eight best teams in the comp this weekend. I think it would be utter madness to be taking them lightly. And perennial finalists. Correct. Correct. I just I just think what Adam O'Brien has instilled in this team is a belief, a determination, but just an ability to execute in all sets of circumstances um, that, you know, I think the professionalism and discipline that is now instilled in this team, um, if we, you know, if we win by anything less than 13 plus, something's gone drastically wrong. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um it's a really, it's a, it's one. Of, it's it's going to be interesting because I th- I I expect Canberra to come out firing, you know, because Ricky's yep. a good motivator and they're experienced. They've got a really, you know, a lot of really fiery guys in their team. I think they come out firing. I'm really interested to see how our guys handle it. The pressure of thirty thousand people there, you know, as I said, you know, a, a consistent finals team coming out and firing for twenty to twenty five minutes. I'm really interested to see whether we handle that as well as we've handled. Games like Cronulla and South, when those teams are throwing everything at us, and Storm, don't don't forget yeah, the Storm game yeah. as well. It wasn't a sellout, but twenty plus thousand fans against a team that's beaten us every game for ten years. I just those three, see those three games, and funnily enough, the Dragons. Those four games are the four games to me that say that say we've this you know this team is built different. I, I just think I just think all fans, all night fans, should be going into Sunday going, no, this team is built different. And you know the other the other game is, is the Dolphins game, so the the yeah. ten minutes where they, where they score eighteen points, you know, many many a Knights team would just completely drop their bundle, mm-hmm. and we didn't play well, and we but we just found a way to win, and 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 that's been the the consistent um, theme for the last two months is, yeah, we've rolled through some teams, but even when we haven't played well, we we've we found ways to win, and other than the Dolphins game, we found ways to win comfortably. Um, no, I'm 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 extremely confident, but I'm a Knights fan, so I'm always going in with a bit of a panic. <laughs> hey, mate, let's um let's get out our crystal ball just a little bit, as it were. We sort of did it a bit in our in our um, preview finals preview episode, so we won't do it too much. But I mean, um, let's let like let's lock in the Knights for a win. I, I got to be honest with you. I think based on what we saw from the Sharks over the weekend, the Roosters win that. Something's just not right at the Sharks at the moment. I don't know what's happened to them. And I mean, jokes aside, you know, we we they're like full, to drag. Full of packs garbage. Yeah, so I was going to say we like to drag Nico Hines, and we like to say, oh, you know, they're they're a, a banter club, and you know, and all of this. But their forwards, they're, they're credit forwards, where it's, you know, you know what's we, I'll, I'll I'll say about their forwards. They've got a forward pack. They get every bit out of their own ability. Those guys yeah, are tough yeah. and hard, and they yep. play well enough for Crow to be a good team. But they're just not very good. And you, you you sort of preempted me a bit. What I was going to say is that 
this was a this was a forward pack that got every ounce of ability and ten percent last season, and you really can't be re- you, you can't be basing an entire style uh, on you know your your average players always getting the best out of themselves above expectations, which is what you and I dealt with when we spoke about um, this team last week when we said we don't think that this should this season should be a one off. We think this should be the new bar because. None of the players have done anything where you've gone, well, Jesus, that, except for Greg Marju, well, cro- that's just come out of completely no. We don't know how, you know what I mean? They've slowly built up to that. Whereas the Sharks last season, they probably outperformed everyone's expectations. And outperforming expectations cannot be a blueprint season uh, year in, year out to compete. Yeah, you're right, which is why we had them down, you know, down when we had them in our preseason. Um, it's just, they're one of those teams that, you can, people people say the, the the great football they play, and I I don't agree with that in the sense that to me they're they play great football um, when they're on top. So the, so they're so they're mm-hmm. a team that when they're on they're top, downhill they will, skiers they they will put their foot on your throat and carve you to pieces because they've got a lot of talent in their back line. You know whatever we think of Nico, they got a lot of talent in their back line. Um, Blake Braley's a, you know a very a very good attacking hooker. Um, but that forward pack has, yeah, they, they, they're great, they're tough, they they play, you know, to, to 100% every week, but there's just no talent there. There's nothing that forward pack. Britain, sorry, there was Britain Nicaragua is very talented, very good forward, very good forward, but the yeah, rest of them are just extremely players. good. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, so I mean, that's probably the reason why you and I we see a um, a Roosters win this weekend, mate. Can I ask you? Oh, yeah, so the Panthers, everyone seems to have taken it as a given that the Panthers are going to beat the Warriors. Um, that, that to me, is the game where I think more so than our game, that's the one where you really need to see something quite spectacular for that to go any way other than a Panthers win. But, mate, I guess the hardest one to pick this weekend really is the Broncos Storm game. What happens there? Do, do the Broncos finally break that uh, that thirteen game losing streak? Uh, you know, the Storm just still going to have that hold over them. They're both bringing players in. Last weekend's game really was uh, un, uh, inconsequential in the end. Where are you sort of? I, I'm tipping the Storm only because you know rugby league reasons, but it sort of feels like a game that the Broncos really shouldn't be losing. It's the Bermuda Triangle for the for the Broncos against the Storm, isn't it? Um, mm. The Broncos are way more talented than the Storm. They're a way better rugby league team. But, yeah, that that always lingers in your mind, that Melbourne. And, and the difference, uh, Melbourne, Melbourne, Suncorp was their second home when they had the entire Queensland team. Yeah. You know? So Suncorp was just like playing. It was probably more like playing at home to them than playing in Melbourne was. So that was a difference. So that, this is not that team. But to me, that's the mistake the Broncos made last week. By playing so weak and letting Melbourne beat them, they gave a mm. lot of those guys. You know, we've still got them. They still can't beat us at Suncorp. To me, yeah. if I was last week, I would have put the foot on the throat. I would have absolutely played near my best team. Everyone that was, you know, reasonably fit, I would have played and just and just buried them. Um, but now I'm, I'm leaning towards tipping the Storm. Yeah. So, so you and I've got Storm Panthers Roosters Knights. So that, of course, then means which, um, you know. The Broncos host the Roosters um, in week two of the finals. 
I think the Broncos really should win that. I think that this Roosters team, again, because everyone's sort of, it's easy to compare the Roosters run to ours. And while we both have the most, the two most act, the longest active winning streaks going into these finals, it, you know, you're comparing apples and oranges there in terms of the the teams we've both played, the, the results that we've produced. I think the Roosters are in better form now than they were at the beginning of their streak. Whereas I, I sort of feel like we've maintained that peak uh, since about the Storm game. Um, but I just feel like a, a way to Brisbane against this Brisbane team is just a step too far for this Roosters side. And again, missing the um, missing the quality of players that they sort of have. I, I don't, I'm, and look, I'm happy to be corrected um, if I'm wrong on this. I don't know where uh, Joe, uh, Joey Manu sorry, sorry, is going to be at with his injury, but you just sort of feel like there have been... Uh, how, do, how do I say it? Too many pieces missing from that um, that Roosters team to really, you know, go out there with a te- uh, James Tedesco. Sorry, James Tedesco is just not at his best anymore. Um, you know, and look, again, jokes aside, credit where credit is due. You and I have uh, very much enjoyed making fun of Brisbane this year. You know, the, we, we've done the whole thing. Okay, Kevy's a shit coach. Um, you know, they've been really lucky. Uh, Reese Walsh is over, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, they finished second to the Panthers, one of the a generational team on points differential alone. Uh, and I just think the Broncos have shown enough this season where you look at you look at that, um, that first week of finals, that first prediction against the Storm, we were sort of, oh, well, this could go either way. And, you know, it, it's probably just because of history. Um, so, yeah, that's probably the main reason why I just think, I just think the Roosters away to Brisbane um, is a win that's probably just beyond the reach of this uh, of the team with this talent. And, yeah, I just, I just can't see the Broncos. I mean, first of all, I'm probably a bit... Um, as I said, we're probably a bit unsure about watching them lose to begin with at home. But, yeah, I, I just don't see the Broncos losing two, fine, two home finals in a row. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with you there. The Roost, to me, the Roosters, um, they've been – they've showed their experience late this season and got it got the wins they needed to get. But to me, And, and the, we wanted to avoid them in, in week yeah, one as well. But, but to me, they've made the finals for a few times shit the bed. You know they they they've they, they lost you know a few yeah. they've lost a couple along the way. It's not like they've had this big long streak. They've just won you know considerably more than they've lost right at the end. But they haven't come home like a train. You know they've been buying teams off the park. You know they haven't. They've lost some games along the way late in the season. But there's yeah there's teams that were he- ahead of them more have shat the bed rather than the, the than the Roosters have blow past them like we have. Mm. Um, my worry about playing the Roosters was only simply because of their experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I just, and to be honest with you, without JWH, I, I wasn't worried. I wasn't too worried about playing them because I, I think a <laughs> guy like JWH, the finals is what he's in. The, the Roots are only employed to play finals. Like, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if he's still playing a three or four years' time and he plays, you know, four regular season games and plays finals. That's, that's why they employ him, which is why yeah. I'm sure Uncle Nick would have been so filthy that he himself suspended for the finals because what what does he bring to the team otherwise? And we yeah, saw true. that, and we saw that when they when they beat us up here. That was JWH. Just you know, remember because the Roosters had to win that day, although their season was dead. And it was JWH and a few of those of that butcher and a few of those hard asses they've got would just refuse to get beat that day, really. And uh, and that was my worry. You know, if we played them in the finals, that you know they got a lot of guys that yeah are tough mentally, and they might be able to you know 
cause some issues. But no, I, I think that, yeah, I, I, if, if they play Brisbane next week, I th- and even if they go and play Melbourne, I think that they'll get blown away. Um, which then brings us to our game, uh, it, you know, on the basis that we think we'll get the job done uh, against the Raiders. Bretto, the idea of any Knights team having any confidence about a win for an away trip, let alone an away trip, to New Zealand is kind of counterintuitive to being a Knights fan. And yet here we sit, you know, we don't know what the, um, we don't know what the the result will be this Sunday, but here we sit with a level of confidence that if we can get the job done against Canberra, we really should go over to New Zealand to play the Warriors. Not only confident that we can get the job done, but confident that we really should get the job done. Yeah, I um, yeah, I, I, you're right. It's it's hard to be confident. The Warriors are the Warriors are a good team. They're a bloody good team. But they beat us over there. They yeah, beat they, us over there around one narrowly, but they beat us. You know, KP went off with HIA when we probably you know that play, if that doesn't happen, we'll probably win the game. Um, but yeah, um, no, the Warriors are a good side. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to diss the Warriors at all. But I'm really confident that we match up well against them. I think you know, Sean Johnson is the danger. But I think, you know, their, their strength, as much as they score a lot of points and they score spectacular, you know, tries with DWZ and that, their strength is their forwards. Their backs mm. are very meh. You know, their centres are really meh. You know, they've got DWZ, but the rest of their back line is meh, you know. CNK is a great, tough fullback, and, he, you know, and he he um he's one of the better fullbacks in the competition, but he's not going to carve you to pieces. You know? He's not going to carve you up. He's not Kalen Ponga. Um, I think I think that we would have too many points for them. No, that's that's basically exactly where I land as well. And I, the reason I actually have confident confidence about going over to New Zealand to get the job done isn't because we've beaten the uh, the Warriors already this year. It's actually because we've managed to show that we can go on a on a lengthy multi hour flight over to Perth and get the job done. So we've shown that we can travel, change time zones. And still perform at a level that's that's required to beat um, to beat the opposition. Okay, so you know it was the Dolphins and it was a two point win, but again that mentality of this team now because both teams will be travelling back over to New Zealand from Australia this weekend. So yeah, you know you see they see they've hired a private jet, so they're flying out of uh, Sydney on Saturday night after right after the game. Oh, are they? Well, yeah. and look, and then that credit was to, to them. To me, that was the problem with the way they've set up the draw. Whoever because. Us and Canberra, the winner had to go, luckily, go to New Zealand. That's why we should have been playing Saturday night. So that both teams will go into New Zealand. Yeah, great. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle have won the great title. One of the things that unfortunately has just stuck with me for too long about Adam O'Brien as a coach has always been that first season where, you know, everything was given to that team to travel up to news, to Townsville and get a job done against the Cowboys, and we were god-awful. We were a team that didn't switch on until halftime, and unfortunately that started to become a pattern with O'Brien teams that travelled. And when you think about it, again, forget the – just put aside – aside from the, Raider, uh, the Parramatta game – when have we really travelled this year and you've gone, well, f- okay, here's a question for you. When have we travelled this year and you've known from the first tackle, from the first hit up, 
that we're not that we're not there that we're we're not switched on. Um, I don't I don't think other than the Parramatta game I don't think at all the the Sharks game the Sharks bump beat us comfortably but I don't think we we're awful in that game we were we were just we were in, that was our flat patch of the season we did have a lot of points mm. in us but I don't think we we're awful that game. Um, so, and so that's what that's where I'm coming from is that Adam O'Brien I think has rectified that. And again, as I said, Adam O'Brien is in the coaching staff, you know, with everybody sort of in tow. Um, that's why I just think if we can get the job done about the, against the Raiders, we should have absolutely no fears about um, crossing the, tas- the Tasman and um, doing the job in New Zealand. No, I, I, we, we absolutely will not get blown away over there. I think, you know, we'll be right in that game. I'm, as I said, I'm confident we could get the job done. But at the very least, I think it will give me a hell of a run for their money. So uh, we won't we won't go on too long about it. I mean, this is really starting to um, get to speculation. But then for us, that really means that you've got a final four of the Panthers v the Broncos and the Storm hosting the Knights. And I think that's one a respectable um, top four or final four. But also, I think they are two terrific matches. I just think those are. You know the storm will be um, the storm will be wanting to get one back over us. After if we play the storm by that stage, it will have been uh, eleven wins in a row since the Christian Welsh. Um, how did they lose press conference? And I just think it's it that is a game that um, that sort of sells itself. And then yeah, the Panthers Broncos. Okay, one v two. That's probably the grand final that everybody wanted or anticipated. But one v two in a preliminary final. It's um, you know, it's a, do do the Panthers take that to a core stadium? Yeah, they have that choice. Yeah, so um, I just think you know that's a final four in the last weekend. That um, let's get through this weekend and see what happens, and we, we can start speculating about those those games. But um, it just it shapes up to be a, a great final series, Bretto. I mean, I, I've I've heard some criticism, and I've got to be honest, this really surprised me. I've heard some criticisms. That um, oh, it's, it's one of the weakest final eights that we've seen in a while, and I was like, well, aside from the you need, Raiders, you need you need, a, you need a thirty wins to make the finals. Like that's uh, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, there, there's been years, there's been years where ten wins have got into the finals. And I, I was I was about to say, no disrespect to the Raiders, the, the Raiders are probably the team in the weakest form going yeah. into the yeah. finals, but. They still won 13 games. They took it yeah. to the Sharks. You know, they, they were competing for that home final. They got pipped in the last 20 minutes. Um, I don't I, – I, yeah, that, that that boggles my mind. I, that, it's been a weird criticism to me. I, I think these are eight teams who are ready to rip and tear. And, you know, tell me which one of them should miss out for anybody who ultimately did miss the eight this year. Yeah, the, I, I hadn't heard that about being weak. Um, no, that's, that's ridiculous. The um... – yeah, the, as I said, thirteen wins get you in. You know that we've we've had fourteen and a draw and not made the top four, which you know in most years would make the top four, and we've still been mm. top four by three points. Um, you know, there's teams that have had you know good seasons that that haven't made the finals. You know, as, as much as Parramatta fans are talking about their season, you know, they've had a, they've had a solid enough season. Mainly about a pretty good season. You know, like they, those those teams that in many other years would make the finals. And the Cowboys, the Cowboys, another one. The Cowboys. And mid-season, people you know, still thinking they're a premiership chance. Yep. Um, it's yeah. Look, I'm I'm really looking forward to Sunday. Um, you and I have been talking about it a lot over the past uh, couple of weeks. To think the last and to think the last time that we watched a home final was that fateful um, that fateful 2002 game. You know, to think about all of the 
the water that's sort of passed under the bridge then to think, think about this team that has changed. Obviously, for people who were at um, the 2006 game against the Sea Eagles, um, I just feel like a good friend of the pod, uh, Swartzy, on, um, on Twitter X, um, this is a team of destiny. This is, this is a team that's just been completely rejuvenated and reborn since Kalen Ponga said those fateful words after the Panthers game in his press conference where he said, I'm just really sick of losing. And to think that, you know, we haven't lost a game since. Uh, there's something about this team, well, like I said, there's something about this team that just feels different. I'm really looking forward to see what they can produce on the big, you know, on the big stage in the games that matter uh, this weekend. Yeah, it, it's, it's exciting to see what the future holds because we're such a, you know, we're such a young team. You know, we've got a lot mm. of... And then the thing is, that the Broncos are relatively young in most of the reasons that... But they've they got a lot of guys that are, you know, they're on cheap deals that are about to get massive contracts. They're losing guys. Penrith and Luke currently losing guys, you know. The Warriors, the Warriors, you know, SJ's on his last, you know, his last little thing. How are they going when he when he moves on? Um, we're the team where we've got all our talent, you know, all our big talent locked down. You know, all our all our guys are on pretty, you know, pretty reasonable deals now. They're not going to be begging for money in the next year or two, as some other clubs are, are sort of happening. I, I think we're there to stay. I think we've got a three or four year window now where we'll be, you know, a, a contender. Just soak it up, nice fans, as well. I mean, um, you think about our last two finals games, well, our last three finals games, really, because the, the third one's all the way back in 2013, that fateful game against the Roosters in the, in the preliminary final. You know, soak this up, because this is really the good stuff that, you know, we, we have been waiting for. And we, I'm, I, I really am confident in this team that they can do the job that they need to get done on uh, on Sunday. I think the last few games have been preparing them for uh, for this game, and I really do uh, see something in this team that if they can win on Sunday, then they really should hold no fears about any team that they come against come up against after that. I completely agree. Hey everyone, uh, we're probably going to leave it there. It's one of our shorter episodes, uh, even if it does come in uh, over 70 minutes. But uh, yeah, look, just enjoy the finals atmosphere. Enjoy the game this weekend. Uh, you know you can follow us on social media, at Bay53Pod on, on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. I think we're on threads as well. Uh, go the Knights, go Rugby League. We'll, we'll see everybody on Sunday and uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks guys, go the Knights.